You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. No child ever says, I want to be an addict when I grow up. Adults in bondage are frustrated, as if they're lost in a maze of a dark night. If you've been unable to break free, it's time we had a conversation about the life you have and the life you really want. It's time to start your journey back. All right, we welcome you today into this conversation. We're going to talk about your journey. We're going to talk specifically today about our roadblock to recovery. And we're going to go back to the basic issue that confronts so many people in coming at, uh, through recovery is that uh, at the root of every addiction is a lie. And at some point, the temptation, the urge, the drive to go back to the lie that God has blocks our recovery. But before we do that, let's get Jeremy in here with us. How are you, buddy? Hello. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> I was Play. just going to pretend like I was walking in, but I couldn't make a good knocking sound. Oh, so man. I hit the microphone. Oh, I'm good. Man. How are you, you doing? You caught me off guard. Like all of a sudden I'd done that intro and I was not. <laughs> I know. You're like, wait, wait, what? What's happened? Uh, just so you know, this is a real conversation and this is not something that, uh, the script is, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Even if it was, I wouldn't know how to do it. Oh man. I don't think you could either. No, no. I only know one way to be and that's the real me. That's and right. that's what we're trying to help those folks in conversation with us today is get to the real them because of them, the you that is an addiction is not the real you. That's true. And uh, you will have your greatest life when you discover the real you. That's just all there is to it. So, the uh, saying that I mentioned as we were getting you walking into the room, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, this should have been one of these. <laughs> there, there we um. go. At, at the root of every addiction is a lie. And that really is the case. And part of recovery is figuring out what your lie was, which really at that point is what your lie still is. But we're trying to make the lie that is the lie that that was. Mm. And then we have to get through recovery long enough that we, we don't go back to a default mode and go back to that lie. So we will say things like, I deserve to get drunk or high. <laughs> mm. The problem is you don't deserve what getting drunk or high does to you. Mm -hmm. We'll say things like, getting drunk will help me forget. The only problem is that makes more things that need to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. We say things like, I just need some stress relief. The only problem is, is that no dealing with stress and you, well, how did that? We need stress relief, but what you did to get that stress relief causes you more stress. Exactly. So you really didn't get any relief. The baggage that you packed got bigger, weightier, and heavier, mm. more difficult to deal with. I hate the word deserve. You said that three things ago. Mm -mm. I hate that word. I mean, I hate that word. 
Why do, why do you hate that word? I hate that word because it's more often than not used in the context of entitlement. Mm. And, and here's the deal. We deserve to burn eternally in hell. All of us. Well, you didn't have to say it. I didn't have to be like, I know I could have said it a lot kinder, but (laughs) what I'm saying is what we do, we don't get what we deserve and thank God we don't get what we deserve. Oh man. His grace is so much more sufficient than our shortcomings, our sin, our error. And so when we use that term deserve, that's what always goes to my mind. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't deserve anything. I didn't earn anything because that's part of it, right? You deserve Mm -hmm. it because you've earned it. Well, I no. That's not how this works, man. It's by grace that I breathe every day. What's what's interesting when you say entitlement is is we normally think of entitlement with with rich kids right. who feel entitled because daddy's rich. Mm-hmm. And we're using entitlement with people who most likely are either at a place where they have nothing or they've dis, or they're on the descent to that place of right. having nothing. Um, so an interesting use of the word entitlement. Well, yeah, you know, I'm interesting guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, where was I? You were on part, uh, the um, fourth thing there. Okay. Uh, we, we, we used the lie. I just needed to cope, mm. uh, which obviously is a lie. Um, I want to escape for a little bit, even if it means more to cope with. Um, you remember the uh, cartoon? Was it was it the Popeye cartoon? Of course, we're going back to back to black and white days, so we I, really are showing our age here. Man, they're they're good. But though. those were the best cartoons, weren't they? They really were. Do, do you remember? I'll gladly pay you a dollar tomorrow for a hamburger today. Yeah, Wimpy. Yeah, Wimpy. You said that to Popeye. Okay, uh, and it was uh, always a stack. Where did the stack of burgers come from? Because he's wanting one burger, but I feel like whoever had them always had a stack of them well they were wanting to get more dollars tomorrow so it was a good businessman yeah it sounds like it Mm -mm. Mm. so uh what you're really saying is i'd gladly cope with more tomorrow for an escape today yeah that's that's true it's putting off what i got to deal with today and pay it with interest tomorrow right (laughs) how about uh so and so did it so i'm gonna go do it and show them Show them what? Um, I don't know, but that's that's the that's like the the people who have spider face. Spider face. Yeah, you know um, when you uh, you do something to spider face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I'll have to remember that. No, one. but I mean, you're spiting. You're mm-hmm. trying to do something out of spite, and you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, my 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 husband went out and and had an extramarital affair. And so I'm going to go out and have an extramarital affair to uh, get even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to show him. Yeah, that's uh, misery. That, that in spite thing you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that that lie doesn't work. It, it just gives you more to deal with. Right. Uh, it's harmless. Man, if, I have, if I've heard this once, I've heard it 10,000 times. Uh, it's harmless. And it is harmless, except for the lost brain cells, the lost work time, the damage to your brain, the damage to your kidney, the damage to your liver, the trauma it cost your spouse and your kids. Did I mention the wrecked car, uh, that injured or dead pedestrian? 
I mean, it's harmless. It's harmless, but yeah. I mean, other than that, um, it's if if just being alive the next day, not knowing who you are or where you're at, is harmless. In spite of all the damage that you caused, it's harmless. Wow. So, what what the context of why I'm I'm getting through all these things is this is that. Uh, you know, as we bring people into our home or we work with people who are not in our home, but we're trying to mentor them uh, through the week, day by day, whatever that schedule is with them, um, they, the, whatever, whatever their lie was that got them into addiction, when they decide that they want to recover, we, we sort of face that lie at least a little bit uh, we, we give a really good effort into recovery and then there comes this time and it comes, it comes with everyone. It may come in a week or 10 days. Uh, it may, it may be two or three months down the road, but that time will come when there'll be this inner compulsion, that lie becomes alive again. It, it's sort of like plucking a dandelion out of your yard the day after you mowed because you don't want to mess up the pretty look of the of the mowed grass and the next morning the grass is growing a quarter inch but the dandelion's growing two and a half inches again mm-hmm. if you didn't pull it out by the root it's still there mm-hmm. and so we we go back to this lie and and we might have a day or two but it, it's going to come back up uh there, there's a scripture that that tells us what that's all about it's proverbs 26 and 11 and it says as the dog returns to his vomit so a fool returns to his folly wow and uh you know when you when you return uh, to your folly your folly is what made you a fool in the first place yeah uh i'm not i'm not in the habit of calling people fools um, I sort of like my nose attached to my face, but uh, uh, the the things that we do that are are just stupid, uh, that make no sense, that we know better, uh, you know, we 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 do those things. We go back to those things, and and then we wonder why we don't get healed, why we don't get better, why she doesn't want to let us come back home, why the boss won't hire us back, why the kids don't want to see us on. On, on our time of visitation, all those things, uh, those things happen because we've been a fool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we want to we want to recognize that these lies are, are going to come up until they get cut off out the root and, and we repave that part of our life with something different. And uh, so I want to I want to deal with a verse uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 25 says this, Jeremy, it says, putting away lying. And we're talking about lies, right? Let every man speak truth with his neighbor. That really, that really got me this morning. Cause I'm thinking in context of our subject matter for this conversation today, I'm going, you know, if your neighbor deserves truth, don't you deserve truth before your neighbor? Mm. How can you even give your neighbor truth if you're not living a truth yourself? Right. So if you're living a lie, uh, you're going you're going to present yourself as a lie. It's it's sort of the 
the marriage counseling concept when uh, my wife Donna and I do marriage counseling we give them each five minutes to tell their complaints and when they get all done I say I know your answer you're a fraudulent you because you don't know the real you and you're a fraudulent you that don't know the real you and two of you coming into a marriage relationship as frauds create a fraudulent relationship hmm. so I don't need to deal with anything about your marriage problems I need to deal with you on basis of who you are mm-hmm. now if you want to give me 45 minutes a week dealing with who you are and you give me a separate 45 minutes with dealing how you are that will fix your marriage right nobody wants to deal with who they are they only want to deal with the other person's problem yeah you know you, you use that term and I know we're not talking about marriage but one of the things that I've shared with people is I said your marriage is not worth fighting for mm. your spouse is there you go people want to fight for an institution mm. instead of a person and that, that changes your approach mentally you know because then you can recognize look I'm doing this I'm affecting me not to help my marriage I'm doing this to help my spouse. And that's it's good. just different. Marriage isn't worth fighting for. No. That that that's good. That's good stuff. I'll have to write that down, claim it as my own. Well, if only it wasn't recorded. Oh <laughs> doggone it. Oh man. Anyway, back to your uh Okay. Your yeah. Uh let's let's talk about Second Corinthians ten five, which we deal with quite often because it's so applicable to uh we could use this verse every every conversation says casting down imaginations Mm. and imaginations can can be a dream right uh to a certain extent if if you're going to be a nfl football player uh you got to have some imagination you got to see yourself as that football player right that gives you some vision that drives you to go through the workouts and the weightlifting and the agility drills etc etc uh, the opposite side of imagination, still imagination, is that you envision something that's not real. So whenever you look at yourself and say, well, I'm just not worth saving, mm. that's an imagination because it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. But another word for imagination in that, in that scenario is the word lie. And uh, so... Uh, we have to we have to cast down and the problem with this phrase in this scripture is it puts the responsibility on us i have never counseled anyone out of being a liar mm. i've i've never counseled someone out of their problem that i was the solution in every case that they made a change and they changed their life by the change that they made, it was themselves that made that change. Casting down imaginations, the lie, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. In in this verse, we could exchange the word Christ for the word freedom. So we bring every thought to the obedience of freedom. Just if you're in this conversation with us right now and your your own lie that got you into addiction, the old, your own lie that is maybe rising up inside of you because you knocked it down, but you didn't put it to death, so to speak, uh, that lie is in the forefront of your mind as you're listening to our conversation today. Uh, you got to bring your lie to a place that that you make it bow its knee 
and that you bring that lie to an end or you will never be free. And only you can do that. Casting down imaginations, casting down lies. Uh, those things that we've allowed to be a part of us, they, they build a platform of authority in our lives. And from that platform, they, they rule and reign our thoughts and our emotions, our behaviors, our desires. And it's our responsibility to pull those platforms down and, and put ourselves back there where we make those decisions. And when we understand that Christ wants to live our life with us and that our life is really his life, and so when we put ourselves in that place, if we understand our relationship with him, we're really allowing him and us to be together in that place where we make our own decisions. That's where we operate from a place of freedom. Mm. Isn't that right, Jeremy? That's good. So that brings us to another scripture in dealing with lies, and it's this. Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24 say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And uh, uh, by the way, I want to say today, if, if you're out there uh, listening to this conversation, then you obviously have uh, uh, some type of internet access. You have some type of uh, phone, uh, tablet, computer, something that uh, you're, you're taking in on uh, to get access so if you know how to get our podcast, you can go to the internet and connect with Redux Church. Yeah. So uh, give us that website address because I have a tendency to give it wrong. <laughs> Private Redux. joke there. Redux.church. <laughs> Redux.church. You can connect with uh, with Jeremy and I and some others on Redux.church. And uh, there's a, a new uh, conversational teaching that comes out every Friday at 6 a.m. for that weekend. And that would be another way of you being lifted up and built up. Uh, but part of our values as, as Redux is, is that we, what, know who we are. We know how to hear the voice of God. We know how to follow that voice. And we know how to, how to operate the rest of our life from that place of confidence or what we call rest. So if, if we cry out to God in the midst of that place where we know we are bound by lies or we are being continually entrapped again in these lies, then he, there, there is a place to call out to God and say, search me. Now, we don't need him to search me because he doesn't know us. We don't need him to search us so that he can convict us of our sin and all that stuff that we've heard. What we're really asking is, we're asking him to take us on a tour of our own heart that he already knows. Mm -hmm. That's good. And in the process of that, reveal to us how we think, where our thinking has got sidetracked, where our thinking doesn't line up with his purpose and his plan for our life, where those pitfalls are that we continually fall into. And he is fully capable because he knows, he knows us intimately. He, he knew the end of us before that there was a beginning of us. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is always present with us. You, you can't escape God. 
you you can go hide in the dark of the closet and think that you're avoiding God, and He's in the dark of the closet. Right. So, so He knows everything about you. So, I'm inviting you today, wherever you are at, to just call out to God as your heavenly Father and say, "Look, I need help. I I I have trouble with imaginations. I have trouble with lies. I have." I have trouble with the lies that have attached themselves to me and they've become part of my nature and character. And, you know, no matter how many times, no matter how hard I've tried, no matter how sincere I've been, I I haven't been able to do this on my own. And uh, one of the phrases of scripture is that the Lord is my helper. And... Uh, while we're while we're in this ministry of helping people break free and and that's what we do we help people I don't hold a candle to God mm. he is the ultimate helper mm-hmm. uh, for one he's on duty 24 7 right <laughs> uh, you Ever call me at, help <laughs> you call me at two o'clock in the morning and unless I'm having to get up to go to the bathroom I am not hearing you mm. And uh, he's he's twenty four seven. So, so whether whether you've come in off the street and and you're bowing down to worship at the porcelain throne called the commode <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning, um, if if you're on the if you're on the doorstep where you have uh, come home and found uh, all your stuff out on the doorstep and the lock has been changed and you don't have a key in, uh, whether you're on whether you're in the parking lot where they just repoed your car because you used the money for the car payment to buy drugs, uh, whatever your situation is, God is there. Uh, he literally, I, I can't i can't say it enough, he is on duty 24-7. If you will just call out to him, he will begin to answer. If you will call out to him, he'll begin to give you instruction. And uh, while you may... You may be one of those folks because folks in addiction oftentimes will tell us, well, Pastor Wayne, I I hear voices and they may even tell me, Pastor Wayne, I take medicine because I hear voices. Well, I hear voices too. Uh, I hear the voice of my conscience. I hear the voice of God. Uh, Not always as an audible voice. In fact, uh, uh, I don't know if maybe I've ever could really say I've heard the voice in an audible voice but I've heard a voice as if it was played in my mind. Mm. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard God call me in a youth camp to actively be involved in ministry and healing people. I heard him. I don't know what voice that was, but, but I heard that voice. I've heard God tell me that I had 20 more years to do the ministry. Mm. Um, I've had God tell me that he loved me and that in spite of what, had been said over my life, he loved me just the way I was and just trust him. I've heard that voice. And so I want to tell you today that in the midst of the voices that you hear, there is a voice of your heavenly father. And if you will lean in, you will know there's an instinctive something on the inside of us and, and you will begin to identify the voices that you know are not his. And then you will begin to identify the voices, or should I say the voice, 
that may come to you in different ways. So I, when I say voices, I mean his voice may be in different ways to you. You will begin to recognize that voice as it's talking to you about you. And I just want to tell you today that your heavenly father is the greatest mentor. While you need a mentor with flesh and blood, your heavenly father is the greatest mentor you will ever have. And if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, you know that our definition of a mentor is someone who knows you and still sticks with you and who talks to you about your future more than they do about your past. And so when you hear the voice of God, he will be directing you to the purpose and the plan that he had in your life from the beginning, from before you were a glimmer in your mom and dad's eye. And he'll be talking about where you go from the place you're at, where you rest in him and know who you are and walk in the joy and the comfort of knowing that his voice leads you and guides you each day. And he will not lead you back to a lie. He will lead you into the truth. He will not lead you into your past. He will lead you into your future. He will not lead you into condemnation, but into a clear understanding of purpose and priority for your life, into total and absolute freedom. And so I don't know. I, I think I think that sums up about everything that we could say today. Yeah. I got other notes here, but I don't think they're important do you, anymore. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, that really does just come down to the simplicity of that. And, you know, you talked about searching our heart. And as we dove into that, I just kept processing. And you, you said it, you know, he takes us on a tour of who we are. But that's really the point of it. You know, it's almost like we got to step back and God becomes the third person, so to yes. speak, that says, hey, like, be real. Because here, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's the value in telling yourself a lie, especially once you know it's a lie, right? Where's the value in it? It doesn't really do anything for you. And I always talk about pastor math, you know, mm -hmm. they go in on a Sunday morning. How many people did you have? Well, we had 100. And it's like, man, I just counted 50. He said, well, we count eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, so the, you know, the, the pastor math is the, what I always come back with. And of course, not all pastors this way, but I, I say, so what, what's the value in telling yourself there's a hundred people here, you know? And I think it's the same thing. There's no value in lying to yourself. No. There's, there's comfort, acceptance, love, grace, all the things that human beings crave, relationship honesty authenticity authenticity at the root of wow. truth yes and once we're in that space now all of a sudden it just doesn't matter the, the value of a lie is the misguided attempt to make me feel better in the moment yeah but it always has a price greater to pay in the future yeah it's like the an price interest. of the truth in the moment <laughs> it's interest and 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 it doesn't get, if you're lying to yourself, you can't delude yourself. No. You So now you know it's a lie and you're lying to yourself. Yes. You are, you are doing nothing more than adding and multiplying to the misery that you've already caused yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the reminder is that we have to remember in addiction that we didn't become addicted in an instant. Right. Even, even, even if 
you took a a hardcore drug that that zapped your brain maybe that one snort um in in medical terms brought on instant addiction but it was a process that got you to that moment Mm -hmm. that you would willingly snort that thing yeah and get that place there was there was a there was a dis-ease long before you did that 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 led up to that it's like engineering disasters i don't know if you ever saw discovery channel used to have this show and and it would be a bridge would fail and i saw this bridge in florida on, on one recently that traffic went down and it was oh man oh yeah but it wasn't one thing it was a series of failures that got to the point where that structure failed because you have to have this mistake leads to this mistake leads to this mistake and there's lots of oversight and lots of opportunities and so when we finally, you know, to me, you know, I think about hitting rock bottom, there's a series of failures that have happened over and over and over again. And finally the bridge collapses and then you, you know, the lie goes back to also the simplification that says it was the one thing. Yeah. No, it, it really wasn't the one mm-hmm. thing, which means all along this path. And I think this is part of, you know, kind of speaks back to relapses and things like that. Having a relapse isn't a complete and total failure where you're back, you've collapsed again. It is a it is a failure sure but it's not an in like into the world failure it's like all right let's get up and walk away from that well you're saying that i'm i'm i have the word chain letter mm. going through my mind uh we have lies that go through our minds like chain letters and uh the fastest way to stop a chain letter is to throw in the trash that's right so whatever your lie is today I just want to encourage you to throw it in the trash. Mm. Uh, be real. Decide you're going to be authentic. Cry out to God and uh, learn to hear his voice. You you already know how to hear his voice. I'm not trying to tell you that, that it's a... Uh, it's, it's not like trying to learn a foreign language. If I was going to learn to... Uh, to speak Russian today, since Russia's in the news, uh, I don't know nothing about speaking Russian, so it's a it's a start from the beginning thing. Uh, but but you were born. I want to say this before we close. You were born with the ability to hear the voice of God. You were designed to hear His voice, and so it's not a process of doing something that you're totally incapable of. It's, it's training yourself to use an ability that you already have. It's discovering an ability that you have. Cry out to God and invite him to, to search you and show you who you are and what changes, what adjustments, and begin to put those lies to death and let the truth come out and uh, be who God designed you to be. I'd just like to pray with you a minute as we Uh, close this conversation today. Father God, we just thank you for every person who is in the sound of my voice, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, whatever stage of addiction they're in descending or whatever stage of recovery they are ascending. Father, that you would help them to deal with the lie that they have embraced, help them to let go and power them, Heavenly Father, to cast that lie down and 
we just invite you together to search all of our hearts. But Father, when we're in addiction, search our heart and show us what adjustments and things that we need to uh, change and to respond so that we can be what you've designed this to be. Amen. You can find out more about us at gum.faith, G-U-U-M dot faith until we have another conversation next week. God bless. <laughs>